Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, your comedian and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubble. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. Good times. Welcome to the show. Yay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's Johnny Million. Oh, that's a, I'm getting triple audio from you. Oh, Chicago's sending me audio back from you. That's what's happening. Oh. Um, so there's like a. Don't Larry, send us Larry, any audio Larry, back, Larry. Chicago. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good echo. It's a good, it's the nice kind of echo, I think. Uh, we'll check on that. We'll see how it works out. Um, is this better? Can you check for me, Johnny? Check. One, two. Okay. That's a little better. That should be fine. Um, welcome. How you doing, by the way? Uh, I'm, good day. Great. The, the guitar is showing okay. up in a few hours. Oh, it's very exciting. It's very I wish exciting. it would have been nice if it showed up before, uh, beforehand, but right? whatever. Um, Couldn't agree yeah. more. Uh, it'll, be its, it'll be its own show, I think. It'll be its own thing. Um, we'll just count on it being that. Now I'm going to start live streaming now, and God help us. Uh, God help this, us all. Yeah, like everything. Just try. Why not, why not try to stack everything all at once? Um, <clears throat> now, I personally think... Uh, on a on a bunch of fronts that there's I have at least an excuse as to why technology has been a little bit difficult lately. A little okay. jaggy, a right. little little janky. And that is uh related to a story that was in the news recently that the United States government, our uh, dear old Uncle Sam, has uh infiltrated and uh overwhelmed and destroyed or what have you or taken down a Russian botnet that was operating inside the United States at the same time that they were finding out that um, uh, a lot of Chinese gear that had been sold in the United States um, had uh, malware built into the hardware and it had been kind of just creeping along in the background. Um, I don't know why the stream is having it. Um, uh, you know, for some reason uh, it was just, I, I you know, the, all this stuff was sold with the future idea that, and, and God knows why, I, it might have something to do with the fact that they want to eventually, I guess, attack uh, Taiwan or something. Is that the, I suppose, the premise on how this is going to go? Which, by the way, is a is a um, a, a terrible uh, plan for on a bunch of fronts. It's uh, it's it's just not good. It's not. It, it is not going to work. It is not uh, feasible. It is not uh, moral. It is not intellectual, it, philosophically, intellectually, psychosexually. It makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And in you know, in the in the case of uh, you know, I guess uh, Xi Jinping's vain attempts to try and um, shore up his flagging support at home, um, I guess one of their fallbacks. Um, is well, you know, any day now I'm going to attack Taiwan. So trust us on this one. And the and the backup to that attack plan was during that attack on Taiwan. The way we'll keep the United States out of it is we'll make their power grid fail, or their toilets back up, or all the Dell computers in the country um, suddenly need an update or something along those lines. Um, that said, um, that um, even still. Um, if, if they were successful, it wouldn't necessarily work. 
because Taiwan has a real military with real uh, gear and real trained soldiers and people who know what they're doing. And it's an island, so it's not a situation like Ukraine where the Russians could just drive across land with their vehicles. It is it is an order of magnitude harder to attack a, you know, across water than it is to attack across land um, it, because things have a tendency to sink, as it were. Um, yeah, kind of a, kind of an important detail. Um, I'm going to stop my virtual camera for just one second while I uh, fix the stream. But um, okay. in in the uh, <clears throat> in the beginning of this whole like um, setup, you know, where they're they're eventually it would seem. And pardon me, I'm also fighting a cough today because that's fun. Um, nah. uh, yeah, it happens. It's all right. Um, the you know, meanwhile, while, you know, China's playing that, Russia had been doing, had had a, a myriad of, of methods that they were going to attack our, um, you know, our uh, computer hardware in the United States and the like throughout. Hopefully we're going online right now. Streamers, I'm, I'm sorry for taking this moment. It'll, it'll see. I'm just waiting for it to show up. It's going to be janky and jagged because I'm obviously uh, live streaming from outer space today, <laughs> as you can see. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, this botnet was, was related to fancy bear was, but was not, uh, created or directed by fancy bear, um, is, and this is so weird. Why is it? It says it's streaming, but it's not. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just ice skating uphill, uh, with the, with trying to live stream right now. Well, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, but in the, in, you know, in the process that, you know, we, we heard about apartment 21, which is, I, I, I'm going to screw this up because off the top of my head, because I'm thinking about so many other things. But um, there's this kind of like um, uh, apparent, uh, per, uh, like persistent, uh, like um, like attack persistent technology or something. The APT literally was like their kind of reverse of the Russian letters that says, um, "Hey, we're you know we're we're attacking." Um, and it's just on a loop, like a dedicated denial of service. It's just always attacking the oh, system. Wow. It's just, yeah, nonstop. Like, and, and people are familiar with DDoS attacks, which are what usually brings down um, systems where you're, you know, uh, the DMV or Microsoft email or something uh, is having real trouble for a, a short while, that kind of business. Um, in those situations, you have a, a lot of these um, – uh, software systems or, you know, they work their way around it. They figure out a way to get them back online. And it's kind of a pain in the butt for a little while because mostly they're for show. Mostly it's a, either, you know, a, an attempted financial hacking or they're going after something strictly for the ability to, um, you, you know, either ransomware or something like that. In this particular case, though, the Russian botnets were purchased and run it, it looks like they, it's not apparent whether they were directly government uh, you know a government run program or they paid for them uh, you know hired people to do it you know outsourced it as it were and since there's such a there's a much thinner line these days since they folded Wagner back into their group um, that the, there's no reason to suspect that there is any real difference, but there, you know, it's hard to tell at this point whether it was a private organization run by the Russians or the Russians themselves, yada yada. And the same thing with the, which is different, I guess, from the Chinese situation, which is it is absolutely a governmental plan. It is a governmental situation. There was a huge leak this week um, between these two, this botnet being taken down 
the mm-hmm. hardware hacks being discovered, and this uh, apparently a disgruntled employee um, on uh, the internet dropping, you know, like hundreds of gigabytes of data of uh, I believe um, of of the kind of hacking potential hardware and the plans and the like schematics and, and workarounds and stuff that the Chinese government was using in the United States and in Western countries um, to hack into their electrical grids and do all kinds of other stuff, devices that they use to spoof Wi-Fi and uh, specifically. Um, and I think the one that stood out to me was a strategy uh, and technology, like a specific software algorithm designed to manipulate social opinion on Twitter that they had had running for years and has uh, this this person, I guess, either was fired, managed to sneak out, whatever the deal was. Mm-hmm. They ended up uh, releasing this stuff on the Internet, on GitHub, which is sort of your uh, like, it's not really a hacker website. It's more like a uh, a digital hobbyist website where people design software and the like and and can post uh you know obs the software i use the live stream <laughs> uh originated there and uh, oh, wow. a lot of open source software is on github people putting out stuff like hey here's a workaround for video codec i made it myself have fun just credit me that kind of stuff yeah and uh this guy dumped that stuff on there and uh, it's it's made quite the, quite the splash, as it were. Um, we'll talk about it after the break, and I think I'll be able to bring this up online if I'm not, you know, hacked in and of myself um, right. eventually. Uh, we shall see. Um, I'm going to start restart my uh, software and see if I can um, end up uh, bringing it back online. I'm not quite sure why it would be having an issue. It uh, seems like it should be just fine, but uh, we shall see. Um but either way, we'll be uh, back right after this. It's the Hellsparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Welcome back to the Hellsparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're all green. I am very green. That's the trick. I'm always angry. Somebody said go, so I imagine we're on the air. Okay, that's great. Well, welcome back. Um, thanks, Johnny Million, for letting me know. Um, I'm I'm working on it. I'm I'm trying to get us together as far as the audio situation. Uh, I think all's well at this point. Am I? Um, can you check for me just so I know you're there? Check one, two. I'm here. Oh, you're doubling up. That's fun. So obviously, I have to fix that over here. Okay, now, um, which means I've got to put Chicago in here, and that's what's up. Anyways, um, so. Uh, there's a lot going on, needless to say, in the computer world, not the least of which is my own problems uh, getting online and, and live streaming and the like. But it's not that strange um, in this particular situation uh, because this is the this is the big war front that will come. When people talk about – I've always been to the opinion, you know, uh, Donald Trump lately has been talking about how, um, it, you know, he's – I'm the only president that could – Guarantee to you, guarantee that there will not be a World War II. <laughs> you know, <laughs> recently, that's been one of his things. Um, that I will make sure we Hopefully don't have we can avoid that. That would be amazing if we can avoid it. it would, uh, I would prefer it. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know if it's possible, obviously, because it would require uh, Doc Brown and uh, and an update to the car. Lots um, of DeLoreans. But, but all, all jokes aside, he was saying he could, he could be the one to stop World War Three. 
which he says we're already at the brink of and will probably already happen before he gets into office, which is even stranger. And only he can stop it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I alone can fix it is the, you know, we're back to that stuff again. And it's the same yeah. blather we hear all the time. Um, and um, in this, you know, uh, and, and I think, hey, we are live streaming. It is actually working. Go figure. I mean, it looks like garbage, but at least I'm here. Um, so <clears throat> the um, again, one of the biggest things they had, um, they had a piece of gear for people who are just joining us from the live stream. There was a, a Russian botnet and a um, and a Chinese hacker group that were knocked offline by the U.S. government, by the Defense Department, and they announced it this week. But then there was also this uh, disgruntled employee of a Chinese tech firm who um, was in, that work in cybersecurity for the CCP, and he dumped a bunch of stuff on the internet um, that showed how they work, what they do, all the uh, all the gear that they use, how they've been using it. Uh, not the least of which are like little pieces of gear that they can you know, put it next to your house. It looks about the size of a power bank and it can spoof your Wi-Fi so that, you know, it just takes everything out, uh, whatever's going on in that Wi-Fi system, it can take away. Now, does all of it work? Probably not. Does, is all of it, you know, is it good against consumer stuff? Yes. Is it good enough against, you know, to do real IP theft against, um, you know, major technological companies? Absolutely not. But it's the minor, you know, uh, contractors, that are the weak spot most of the time anyways, both at home and at the office. And and um, a big por- part of like the the Russians botnet success that they had been talking about this week was the very fact that uh, they were just using the original admin passwords that came with routers, that people never updated those things, that they get these, <laughs> they, everybody's like, gets nervous, buys a new router with new security protocols, and then never changes the admin password. So it's admin one, two, three, four, or something ridiculous like that. And there's enough of them that have not been changed where they have the ability to get into these things. That is that con- concerning? Absolutely. There's uh, There were reports in this about how they got they broke into a Vietnamese airline, got the names and personal information of all the passengers that had flown on this Vietnamese airline, I guess, forever. I don't know, like however long the records go back um, for this particular Vietnamese airline. Um, and But one of the biggest ones, one of the standout things about it was this, this software that they showed on here that helped them run disinformation campaigns and hack accounts on on X, on Twitter, specifically um, the ability to, it's like a, it's sort of like a phishing message they could send on Twitter that would allow them, if you clicked on the link to access your DMs and therefore send, receive and modify your, your account, you know, in the background all the time. And they had done this with you know, the idea <coughs> I think most people have is that they're going to, you know, they'll take over, you know, Bradley Cooper's ex and and post something, you know, America sucks on there and then shut it down or some sort of like kind of big blathering semi-anonymous style we are legion attack that shows their hand or whatever. Or in the background, just usurps private information from people, you know, for identity theft or something. The vast majority of what they did was take over what are effectively, if not dead, dull accounts on X. These are accounts that people set up but barely ever used. 
or, you know, had abandoned or a lot like a lot of people who quit Twitter but never turned their account off sure, or only yeah, check yeah. in rarely. And what they would do is they would take the, you know, those accounts, which people just never go back to and use them to post as uh, Joe Plummer American one, two, seven, nine, five, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one kaboom on, you know, for, uh, I am Joe from Ohio, that kind of thing. <laughs> and and do these, you know, enormous pushes to cause dissension in the, you know, amongst the general populace in the United States, take multiple extreme positions, attribute them to the to the marginal center of the ideological sphere, you know, ping pong people back and forth. So so they think, you know, the 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 conversation has gone completely off the rails. Uh, we're the most we're, we're the most divided we've ever been. All that talk that you hear hap- happens largely because of the, the conversations that are happening online. And we now know from this report and from this guy, um, you know, releasing this information that that was the intention, that 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 they were effectively building that dissension, that the the much ballyhooed civil war that is coming to the United the United States, the you know, the tipping point of the race war, the trans war, the, you know, the MAGA war, whatever it is, that online seems like a very real thing sometimes because of the yeah. volume of support it seems to have is a Trojan horse. It's a paper tiger. It is, it is a farce. And it is why you see things online. I think the best example is probably uh, the trucker convoy. You know, the reality versus the online picture of it, the, mm-hmm. the augment, the AR version of this thing, 700,000 trucks. Well, 70,000. Well, 7,000. Well, well seven. 700. Well, 70. Well, seven. Well, um, so, some of the people that are there have a an IQ over seven. That's, that's where it uh, ended up being. And the the reality, <laughs> excuse me, the the reality is, is that these folks, uh, these, you know, these patterns that they create, one of the things that is, I guess, the if you're looking at the bright side about this, is that as much as these folks would want the, you know, to create dissent within the country, to foment dissent. Just lost your audio, Hal. Oh, that's that's always fun and terrible. There we go. Um, yeah, the back. Okay, I I I turned myself back on and uh, nope, off and no, back on as I I you'll be I'm fine. There I am. Hello, check check one, check it two, check it three, check it four. Can you hear Not me? Not Can't hear you, bud. How about now? How about now? Check it one, check it two. Is it hard to say? That's so fun. Check one, check two, check three. Is it possible? Check it one. Here we go. Is it always? It's just my thing, and it's just what happened. Oh, there you are. There I am. It just came back for the heck of it. It just that was. I think that was just internet brain fart right there. Um, while I'm talking about this, and while I look like Princess Leia uh, asking Obi Wan for you, Obi-Wan, help me, Obi Wan. Your only hope. You're our only hope. Yes. Um, that one of the things <clears throat> about this is that. Um, Oftentimes, you know, how we talk about like in Trump world, it's all about projection. It's all they're always trying to slather onto, you know, Biden and the other side, what Trump is up to. 
Well, that's a that's a common malady in the world of dictators and psycho leaders. And a lot of times what would cause dissent or be the tipping point for dissent in China or in Russia, for that matter, is very different than what it would be to tip that off over here. Because uh, as much as people might not think so in the United States, the cushion in the United States is much thicker than it is in rural China, for example, where if you make $400 a month, you're in poverty. But if you make $401 a month, you are, congratulations, you are out of poverty. Hey. So stop complaining. Yeah. And the same thing is true of sort of the, you know, the areas outside of the big cities in Russia where they don't have, you know, people don't have indoor plumbing and they're using outhouses in 2024. The, the, the idea of what it would take to convince those people to rise up and do something if they had access to an Internet and a consistent stream of you don't deserve this, you deserve better. Yeah. It wouldn't be that hard. In those areas. Yeah, America's it's, it's kind of, easy improvement. Yeah, it's uh, you, you, you don't have to push people when they're on that edge. But in the United States, um, uh, honest to God, they're they're very frustrated right now at how for some reason, while you've got plenty of these QAnon maggots running around joining Trump at these gatherings. There's just something not setting off the massive waves of maggots willing to storm up the steps of capitals all across the country. And as a matter of fact, even when Donald Trump gathered his largest crowd to date in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, only a small sliver of those idiots actually attacked the Capitol. That's the that's small the, sliver of idiots that. Well, you know, that's that's the, the name of his third autobiography. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. At least. Stuff is starting to kind of work. All right. We'll just kinda. settle in on that. Just kind of. Yeah, kind of. A little, little bit. flurbs, but we'll be fine. Okay. We'll be back right after this. It's the Dallas Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on uh, GarageBand and start sawing something together. This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how? Did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. Now Chicago has an echo, but it's fine because it doesn't, it's not on all the time like your voice would be. I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. It doesn't matter. You sound great, though. You sound fabulous. Yay. I want to say, Johnny Million. And apparently, uh, according to you, the uh, the tracking says that you're... you're going to be ma- here in 12 and 4 Central Time. I'm, I'm geeked. I, I have to... I have to say, um, I, I had to get a case for it because it's a very strange. It's a uh, weird size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you may like the case as much as you like the actual guitar. Ooh. Um, so I, it's a, it, it was a bass case. It had nice. to be that big. Damn. Yeah. yeah Some of the weird points. Yeah, exactly. Summer was it was funny. She's like, I think the like the shipping and the case might cost more than the guitar at some point. I'm like, will you Probably. just let me send? 
Will you, you just let me be nice to Johnny Million? Uh, <laughs> let me do the thing. Sake. Let me just do it there. So um, there they, um, you know, I wanted to br- sort of bring up the, the, the hacking that's going on to remind people during this election year to be dubious first to when, when you see anything now, I, uh, you know, uh, online, a story, uh, whatever, you know, they're going to undermine trusted sources. But remember that, too, is that there's yeah. there's two there's a two prong. I mean, it's a multi prong attack. It's, a, it's really an octopus of disinformation. But the, the the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, even the Saudis have been engaged in this for a very long time. The, and our our government, the Mossad and other groups, the UK, like MI6, they fight back against this stuff. We have a different tactic, though, because we have a We it, it is uh, it might shock people, but the United States does not and will not shut off the power to people's hospitals in countries just to mess with them. Um, Yeah, that's not something we do. We haven't ever done it, and we're not ever going to do it. The the Chinese have done it and deny it. The Russians do it all the time and admit to it. They're they're not shy about what what they do in this regard. And as more of these stories come out, and you're going to see more of them, between now and the spring, there's probably going to be 10 botnets taken down by the Pentagon stories that are going to come out on the regular because they're rooting them out now. They're going through all the systems. Um, uh, Here's an example. This week, the Biden administration, specifically Joe Biden, wrote an executive order um, uh, around cybersecurity and the cranes operating at our ports 80 percent of the cranes in the united states that pick up big shipping containers are no surprise made in china because they're old and they've been around for a long time and that's where they you know they were making a lot of these things i made a joke when i went to china that the panda shouldn't be the national you know animal of china it should be the it should be the crane because everywhere i went it was just non-stop I was on bullet trains and they were just you'd look out into the these rando like areas where there wouldn't necessarily there's not supposed to be a city out there. And here's this city springing up with cranes everywhere. And I'm I like an idiot marveled at it at the time because I was like, oh, how lovely they have a million. They have a billion point four people um, and they are building enough homes for all of them them and they're going to have you know people will have their choice and they certainly don't have an issue with uh real the real estate market being you know with the low volume and and available real estate right and quite yeah that yeah the crane being a play on words everybody in the chat room and um now of course i know that um they were building ghost cities that no one will ever live in and black mold moved in before any of the people ever even got a chance to see the apartment they paid for with their life savings. Um, I, I have to say, when I look at these ghost cities, and if you want to really dive into it, look up Xiong An, X-I-O-N-G, apostrophe A-N, Xiong An, which is a, uh, a district Below and Johnny is going to type it up right now. Is a district just south, uh, southwest, southwest of Beijing that was. What was the second be- after Xiong? An A N. 
um, that was an area that was designed. It was a it was it's Xi Jinping's big project, one of his big projects. This Xiong'an was supposed to be this area where it was like an industrial suburb that they were going to build from scratch on all this farmland for people to move in. It just rows and rows and rows of office towers and, and apartment buildings and all this stuff. And this is, it was going to be a thriving community. Um, Looks impressive. Yeah. Feel free to look it up. It, it's just, if you look at the amount of empty apartments in the, or just the volume of apartments, you're like, this would be so useful in any place where people actually lived. Well, no one lives there. There, there's maybe a dozen people in a city that could hold maybe uh, three hundred thousand people. Completely useless. All of it empty. Most of the apartments don't even have windows. Um, they just have open holes, so the the rain and whatever has been getting in there. They there's there's like furniture and and uh, drywall in there, but no windows. Ugh. It's just awful. It's just terrible. It's a, and and the just the waste. Let's just start there. The waste of resources. It and and the only way it makes any sense to me to do something like this so poorly is the inflatable tanks in World War II. Yeah. The inflatable tanks in World War II that the Allies used to make the Germans think that the the we were coming from a different direction on D-Day. And so they thought these camps and these tanks were real from the air. And so anybody looking at it from the sky went, oh, my God, look at the force that is coming. And from an economic <laughs> standpoint. Said, oh, my God, look. For some reason, I immediately went, <laughs> baby, got back. Oh, my God, right. Becky. <laughs> right. Have you seen those apartment buildings? They are so <laughs> big and useless. Um, but <sighs> um, it. It, you know, if you look at these building things and you, it, you, it'll have the impact on you that I think, it, you know, that it certainly had on me when I was there. I was very impressed. And when they bring around foreign dignitaries and when they used to bring around, you know, business people from the United States and the UK and Germany and stuff and walk them around and show them these giant buildings. Oh, my God. Nobody. Because the idea is it's kind of like MAGA world. Like it, there's this illusion that. Trump, nobody would slather gold on on furniture like this unless they were rich. Like, what kind of an idiot pretends to be this kind of rich? It's embarrassing. Who would, you know what I mean? Like, most of us have such a level of like normal shame where you're like, sure. look, uh, either he's the world's biggest con man or this guy's actually rich, which is, and and somebody's giving him loans, so he must be really rich. That must be it. It's the only thing that makes sense at this point. And in uh, and the same thing in China, like who would build all these buildings if you didn't have all these people who would build all these shopping malls and these office parks if you didn't have a thriving economy? Well, weirdly enough, apparently the only reason they were built was as a facade, as a as a creation to give the illusion of this growth to continue to draw business in from all over the world that this is an emerging market look at how uh, uh, hollywood bought it hook line and sinker oh my god this market the nba oh my god the market for our so we're we're gonna make more money playing pickup games in 
you know, in Beijing, Nanjing, Chongqing, and and Guangzhou than we'll ever make in the in the regular NBA in all of the United States because of a billion people. Yeah. And they bought it. They they went all in on it, and they people were fired for suggesting that Taiwan was a country. People like you know, big time NBA players were shamed online and then had to offer mea culpas online, apologies to the John Cena, who, you know, us in the sort of like uh, Sinophile, um, you know, expat crowd who like, you know, used to like traveling to China and stuff, but then learned the hard way that it wasn't all that we had hoped it was. Uh, a lot of people over there call him John Sheena because he sure. was a puppet for Xi Jinping. Literally had to, uh, he suggested Taiwan was a country in a, in a fast and furious press gaggle and had to do a, like this. Real, walk that like, back. Yeah. In Chinese, just kowtowing. Yeah. And LeBron James has just been horrible about it. Don't even get me started on the, the, the slavery in China. I can and hardly I, kowtow in English. That's true. I, yeah, I, I've, I've been, I'm still waiting for an apology from you. <laughs> I've given up. It's not coming. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know what you did. You know what you did, and you and you still do it. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. so yeah, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and at this point, I'm starting to like it. Um. Uh, the let's just be abundantly clear. Anytime somebody says forced labor, that's a that's a euphemism for slavery. There is no other version. There's no such situation where someone is forced to work against their will. That isn't slavery. That uh, what what part of that is somehow different? I, I mean, in the in the murder versus attempted murder, murder versus manslaughter situation that it seems to be attempting to soften the blow, like they have their own apartment. We let them we let them keep some stuff in their in their building. You think slaves didn't have their own? quarters and they didn't get to like make dolls to give to their kids and all that kind of stuff. It didn't make it any less slavery, you nutcase. Yeah. It's horrifying. So anyways, that I, I I have to say um that you know in in looking at the kind of the facade that China was putting forward, this this like look at our growing industry. And if and if you wanna if you want any real growth not these old markets that will grow about 2%. You know, we're digging out of a hole here. The, the growth is all growth all the time. Um, if you want a piece of this, you better behave. You better, you, you can't refer to Taiwan as, it, you have to, in, in Top Gun, when they released Top Gun over there, they had, you know, um, uh, Tom Cruise's jacket had a Taiwan flag on it. Because the idea is, and this is true, American pilots, trained with the Taiwanese and a lot of them spent time over there. And, and a lot of our ACE fighter pilots showed them, you know, the, their wares and taught them and, and trained with them and engaged in war games with them and the South Koreans and all this stuff. And they came away with a patch and a lot of them put it on their bomber jacket. Cause it was a sign of pride that they had worked with the Taiwanese. And then when, when uh, top guns released in China, they, they made them change it. Wow. Not this time. In the new movie, Maverick, they put his patch back. 
because and and that's a sign that things have changed. We took uh, I went I blazed past the break, but we we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Um, the um, uh, Kitty in the chat is saying China has thirty million extra men, enough for lots of meat waves in war. Except, I will call I will call that into question when we return, mm. and I'll tell you why. And it's I'll give you a hint: retirement plan. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I get a little bit of an echo from Chicago. It's totally fine. Don't try to do anything. Don't try to fix anything. Don't it's t- fine. Don't touch the thing. Don't. Don't touch it. It's fine. But uh, it's it's there. Um, but the, uh, the I guess the key message I want to put forward uh, right now is that, um, and I, one of my cause celebs right now, and I think is super crucial is that I I feel like a lot of the sort of political nihilism we see on the right, and to some degree on what would be uh, colloquially referred to as the far left, or who I call hashtag faux-gressives, um, you know, the TYT, like Jimmy it. Dore crowd, and all that stuff, the people who pretend to be progressive but somehow hate progress. Any, you know, they, like you can't be pro, you can't be progressive, I think, this is my rule, not anybody else's. And if you differ with me on this, that's fine. I just think you're silly. Is if you're against measurable progress, if you can make a, you know, any step forward is good always because, you know, uh, you know, uh, democracy is constant gardening. And the idea is that, yep. you know, any progress you're making, you, you and, you know, I, I've always said that revolution it's just like is like anything that, that is yeah. worth, that's worth, um, Caring about keeping, maintaining relationships, everything. It all takes constant um, yeah, upkeep. Upkeep. Yes. And if you, if you Which really care about it. Which is a lot easier it. than tearing down the house and building it again. Right. Um, or building fake houses that no one will ever live in. Which is, you know, in many ways, the same kind of situation we're talking about, uh, you know, with sort of China's view of what what living spaces is and, and the like. So <clears throat> over the next, you know, not only is uh, revolution the six-minute abs of democracy, um, it's the lap band of democracy. Instead of doing the, the work, just get your stomach stapled politically. I like that. I like it. It's ter- I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd at this point. And it's, and it's cartoonish. If you want, look no further than, than I think two of the ways that it's being, you know, that that politics is being discussed both both in the MAGA crowd, which is Trump saying uh, we will fix this in, in instantly, right away, right out of the game. The first day we'll solve it right away, right after the election, before Trump even takes power, things will get better just magically, which, by the way, if, if you believe that, then you believe that the entire country crashed right after Joe Biden took office, because that was also his other prediction in the other direction. It means right? that you will feel better about the hate in your heart, and it's just going to – you'll forget about everybody else's problems. I couldn't possibly. Um, you couldn't so, feel any better about the hate in your heart than you do no, right now. Not right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, um, But you know, the other part is is what I would call the, the Marianne Williamson – uh, angled. Now she, we, we, we lost her in the fight for, and I do mean fight, uh, F I T E for, uh, democracy. Um, when she dropped out of the race recently, um, uh, something having to do with the fact that her entire South Carolina, 
um, campaign team turned on her for being mean. Um, amazing. And again, I worked with her for years. I know her very, very well. She was awful to you. I have I'll call me of, crying. I have plenty of tea to spill. If I, you know, if she ever became president, you know how much money I would make selling books about my time with Marianne was like my, mm-hmm. I'd be, mm-hmm. if you think the, if you think the weird whistleblowers that Jim Jordan's bringing in front of the, Oh my God, James Comer would be calling me before the committee to, you know, to tell all about Marianne Williamson's, you know, her, her weird culty stuff back in the nineties. All right. So anyways, her, her thing was, and I, and this was the language of how people were talking about this. It's very crucial. She said, we're going to turn this country around. We're going to do a one. We're going to this this economy doesn't work for people. We're going to make a 180. OK, never mind the fact that a 180 would take us back to what Trump was doing. Like, can we you, do it? If, can we do like a, can we do a 45? Let's do a 45. Yeah, like I, maybe maybe just a maybe a, a 12 degree diversion. Gets, oh, yeah, gets turn, yeah. turn, turning it around. You know, it's like if you say that during the Obama years, for example, and you were, if you were to say that we needed to make this a 180, we got to take it back to, you know, turn it right around. Well, then you'd be going, well, let's go back to 2008, the crash and Hank Paulson and the policies of the Bush administration that gave us the crash that allowed for these credit default swap crazy things to just build and build and build and build until they fell apart. Why would you want to go back to that? Why would you want to go back to Trumponomics in that regard? especially as wages are really rising. We've got the longest stretch of below 4% uh, unemployment in 50 years, more than 50 years. And somebody actually thinks the message, a winning message was, we're going to do a 180. Uh, With Trump in your rearview mirror and the damage that man sought to do and and the economic policy that he had, which was simply giant tax cut, giant cuts in regulations. Do you at least recognize that even saying 180 would bring that to mind? Even your messaging sucks in that moment. But if you're caught in a if you're caught in a trap, if you're caught in uh you know a revolutionary mindset, mm-hmm. then it, everything is a, is just a sandcastle that needs to be knocked over and rebuilt. And it's at a, at a certain point, it is it is not how you manage a civil society. You cannot maintain a functioning society if you got to start over from scratch all the time. It, it this is this is what also drives me crazy about the use of the word establishment. Oh boy, mm. people oh establishment the establishment with the establishment establishment establishment. Okay, first of all, when you're talking about political parties like the DNC or the RNC. The political parties have every right to establish an organization and try to run it based on the platform that they agree on by through conventions and all kinds of other stuff. Of course, it's going to be established because they establish a new platform every year and they modify it. They're not they're not doing a the the DNC is not doing a 180 on its platform every year and neither is the RNC. It's just lunacy. Why lunacy? Why would you even why would you even float that? So to float it on the greater scale with our democracy is even more idiotic. But we establish these truths to be self-evident 
the establishment of our government was an establishment. Our, uh, honest to God, the constitutional government of our country can be defined as an establishment. It was made. It is not natural. Dictatorships and monarchies being what they are and religious theocracies being the kind of primary system that people have governed themselves with or been governed by for millennia. A democracy is a brand new crazy thing. And so we had to establish it from scratch. The word uh, establish is in the Constitution. And the fascinating part of it is that's why. The attacks on, quote unquote, the establishment as in the languaging you hear, it's not an accident. It doesn't come from within. It comes from the people who don't like democracy. And these this software I was telling you that helps, you know, foment dissent on social media platforms. Mm -hmm. It's all about taking words that mean something to you and making them mean the opposite. Taking your empathy taking the things you care about and weaponizing it against you and your yep. fellow hey. citizens. So that hey. yeah, which is, so they're easier to take down. That's it. And that's what I want people to be on guard from. You don't have to be paranoid about it, but I don't want, because what happens is burnout. That yep. My fear is, is that if your empathy gets weaponized against you too often, and you don't know what to trust and you don't know what to believe and you kind of shrug your shoulders. You become like uh, Karen Allen's character in Scrooge in the C- Ghost of Christmas Future where she's like, oh, yeah. somebody gave me some good advice. Scrape them off, Claire. Ugh, I hate that scene. Yeah, it's brutal. Thanks, Lumpy. D- that's my concern. We- we'll be back. Uh, Phil Fittner is going to join us right after the break from uh, Ukraine where Russia is trying to weaponize uh, people's empathy and disgust and boredom and fear and make you stop caring about people who are fighting for their lives. And I'm not going to let it happen. We'll be back. Oh. Mm-mm. Again. You're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I've had people walk out of me before, but not when Video streaming at housefarms.com. I don't care for you or for the people like you're trowling out. Damn, us faithful lipstick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. Welcome to the show. Uh, joining us right now, Philip Bittner from uh, Live from Kiev. And he was going to make a big announcement, but he's we're going to make a semi-announcement, which is uh, tune in to his YouTube channel after the show today for a big announcement of a project he's been working on for a long time. I guess that's that'll be our main key up. Johnny Million is still with us. He's mm-hmm. got a YouTube channel as well. It's Johnny Million it's- um, uh, on, tw- on Twitch and uh, YouTube. And then, of course, um, Philip Itner, one L and Philip, two T's in Itner, if you're just joining us in that mm-hmm. and the like. Um, if you want to look him up on YouTube and subscribe, that helps immensely. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Now, uh, okay, we have a, a, a lot to discuss. The um, uh, while, while the bad news was Abdivka's fall last week, uh, the interesting thing, and, and you know, I tr- feel free to, Correct me on this, Phil, but I I I don't take it face value anything 
that uh, military sources tell me for a lot of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, sometimes they're, you know, trying to put lipstick on a pig. That happens. But also sometimes they are trying to make things look worse than they are strategically to draw out an enemy. And and again, the you know, the bigger the head fake, the, the you know, the more successful it will be. And it's a it's a big gambit. It's very it's tricky, but it's worth doing sometimes. Um, but in the last three days, I think the Ukrainians have shot down like seven Russian airplanes. Yeah. This latest one was $50 million. Yeah, the nice. giant AWAC type of like a, a like AC-30 size plane, if I'm making, if I'm, yeah, if I'm getting that right. Yeah. AC-30, AC-31, yeah. give or take. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, give a, first of all, how are you? Antonov, it was an Antonov 50. Well, I'm okay. It's a, it's, it's a, this is a, it's a very somber day. It's the, it's the one, uh, the, the two year anniversary. Yes. Of the full scale invasion, February 24th, 2022. Um, hard to think, you know, that it's been a full two years that I've been yeah. here covering this story. Right. And we've been talking the entire time. Yes, we have. Uh, but it's just, it's just, it's a somber day. Uh, people were out on the streets of Kiev. There was a very large um, assembly on one of the main squares here, uh, demanding a release of um, POWs. Um, there are dignitaries that are here. Uh, Justin Trudeau, um, the head of the European uh, the Union, uh, van der Leyen, uh, she was here. Um, lo- lots of people are in town to commemorate it. And, you know, how cynically, uh, not, well, not cynically, but I, I, I want to point out that, you know, we you're, you're suddenly seeing news teams that have returned. Yeah. Uh, because ever since October 7th and the, and the escalate, well, the war in Gaza and Israel. Yeah. Uh, this, this place has fallen off of the front pages. And what upsets me about the state of journalism today is that, you know, these guys have flown back in, but they're only going to be here for two weeks. You know, they're going to come in for the anniversary. They'll do a couple of things, a couple of extra things, and then they'll fly away again. There, There is no longer a sustained presence of the international press corps here. Right. With some notable exceptions, of course. But Yeah, yeah, sure. But... It is dropped off from what it used to be. And I, I was up filming um, at the main square, the two two main uh, churches that lie at either end of a street here, uh, St. Sophia's uh, Cathedral and St. Michael's Cathedral. And I was up there filming and kind of talking about these anniversaries because it isn't just the two-year anniversaries. There's the 10-year anniversary this week of the Maidan right. uprising, which kind of started this whole thing in 2014. Right. And I went into the Intercontinental Hotel, and the Intercon is kind of ground central, or ground zero for the press corps, the International Press sure. Corps. And there was a time where you could walk in there and you could see, you know, any take your pick, any journalist from any organization in the world, uh, right. you know, going for a lunch or a, a, a beer or a coffee in the in the in the lobby bar, and it's it's kind of returned to what it was. But right. it's notable that it hasn't been that way for months since October. 
Uh, and yeah. it's, it's, it's not good. It's really not good that the, that we're, that the, the, the price tag, I think that the, there are num there are, you know, accountants in these various news organizations that are looking at the bottom line and going, we're going to get a lot more people are much more invested or we're, you know, it's the new shiny object and we have infrastructure down in Israel. So we yeah. are going to pay more attention to what's happening there instead of this massive price tag that we have with m- maintaining two conflict zones and, you know, Ukraine is kind of, you know, it's been around for a while. It's not yeah. the, it's not the new shiny toy that it'll draw, uh, you know, audience ratings or clicks or whatever. Um, so, you know, all of these things I discuss in, in, in the blog that we'll be publishing shortly after if, if my internet signal, uh, yeah. works out for me. We're all having technical problems today. Um, that, that I, I discussed this in the blog and it's, it's not good. We, you know, we got to keep Ukraine in people's minds and we got to keep, if for no other reason, we got to keep the pressure on, um, our elected officials. Right. To, to finally get that bill onto the floor. So, but, but you are on the positive side of things. Uh, you started talking about the, you know, the air, there is something going on with you. Yeah. Ukraine has some sort of new weapon system. So uh, there are too many, there are too many planes being shot down. It might be their tactics because they, I, I, we know that they, in the immediate right. withdrawal of Avdivka, they kind of, they kind of drew out a couple of fighter bombers, mm-hmm. but something else is happening. There's a new system here and, and something is knocking these planes, uh, with almost, almost daily we're hearing, uh, well, Russian planes yeah. being knocked out of the sky. The um the the word I have heard on the like, sort of telegram channels that I follow, um, and it's the that they have a Soviet S two hundred system, anti aircraft system that the Ukrainians have or whatever, and they just e- either had lacked munitions for it or there's been an up mod in it. Either it has it you know w- it, they've retrofitted it with a better computer targeting system or with AI or something, but it is it. It clicked that thing into near patriot level status, but that's what shot down that a the 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 A fifty or the um the yeah, AM fifty the AM yeah. fifty today yeah, that, that was a, that was yes that was a Soviet S two hundred system that had been modified in some way. They're not talking about how, but and it's not surprising because again, it's not the launch system. It's not you know it's the guidance system and how they hit these things and maybe something that you know, high, you know, lowers their energy output so that they can hide their, you know, where they are some of the time, maybe, but the, but the main thing would be how quickly it can target and launch and, and how successful that the contact is. And that seems to be the thing they fixed. So again, this may be a situation where the Ukrainians, uh, like they've done with these cardboard drones and other things, they are, you know, they are, you know, MacGyvering their way through this war, which they shouldn't have to, <clears throat> right? Um, but they but are. It is a test- they are it, but it is, and it also is a testament to their ingenuity and their yeah. determination. Um, right. But you're right; they shouldn't have to. I mean, we should. You know, the F-16s are coming soon, um, so yeah. you know that'll be that'll be a plus. But we we. You have got to get more ammunition here. That's the, that's the, the real big issue right now is, is more ammunition, more anti-aircraft, uh, of stuff and more artillery rounds. Uh, and you know, it, that's, that's crucial. 
Uh, that's what happened in Avivka is they didn't have the artillery rounds to respond to the thousands of artillery rounds that the Russians were firing right. off. So yeah. it's, North Korea it, just transferred. It, I, I, I'll have to look up uh, the the volume of it, but just transferred a, an enormous number of, of munitions to the Russians specifically for that purpose, specifically for yeah. fire, you know, for for just the, you know, uh, an onslaught of artillery to attack, um, yeah. you know, Ukrainian positions. Um, that said, they got a 20% fail rate um, as far as duds, mm-hmm. uh, ma- mismanufacturing, a lot of stuff. So maybe half of those things ultimately will work as, uh, as it says on the tin, as it were. Um, but still, the damaging and deadly and, 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 and an ongoing concern, which uh, the Chinese have also hardened their language about Gaza recently, which in a very curious sense, largely, I think, to just manipulate sentiment in the United States. They're just following the the sort of protest language that you're seeing in the United States and the UK. They don't genuinely care. Um, what they're doing is they're trying to foment that part and side with it and make themselves look like the peaceniks. In many ways, the same way Russia was saying, you know, we've got a peace plan. They just won't meet with us. It's that, you know, or, or remember China's plan for Russia and Ukraine peace back in the day, um, you know, a, a year and a half ago where they had this 12 yeah. point peace plan, which didn't involve anything but like Russia just keeping what it got and uh, and Ukraine, you know, being salami sliced for the rest of its existence. Um, the same thing is true with Gaza as far as uh, China's concerned, but they know that they can get certain African warlords and other people decide with them, especially the Arab ones in Sudan and places like that, that will, you know, are on the side of the Palestinians. So they'll win over that crowd and and use it as a political manipulation tool to get in there with them, because they like I said, they don't genuinely care, but they're using the same language. Well, they um, want to exert their soft power. They want to be seen as 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 right. uh, power brokers and kind of yeah, usurp the the American diplomatic efforts. Yeah, globally, it's not going to happen. So. Yeah, no, no, of course it's not, it isn't. They're going to try, but they're going to. It's not going to work. Right. So uh, North Korea transferred, I think it was ten thousand containers of munitions to Russia uh, recently. Which, again, even with a a fifty percent fail rate, that's a lot. That's a. It's, yeah. uh, you know, that's a, that's a horrifying amount of munitions, and basically just for the sake of. And Russia is indiscriminately firing them into. Um, areas they don't. I mean, they're effectively. You want to talk about dumb bombs? That's what we're talking about. They're you know, they, they don't even. Um, we've seen footage of both Russian artillery guys and um, in much it, it almost uh, parallel with the with the Gaza artillery thing. Guys uh, using mortar rounds and long range mortars, which they don't. They don't even. They're not even measuring where they're going. Um, in in you know in Gaza that means civilian deaths. In in Russia, uh, you know, and in Ukraine that means they they may be landing on their own troops half the time. And with the death rate we've seen, it wouldn't be surprising at all. It's just horrible. Yeah. And they're, they're going to need, if they intend to push West uh, out of Avdiska, now they've opened up a whole range of different new uh, points along the line. But yeah. if they do, they're going to need that artillery if they try to push West from Avdiska, because as, as tragic as the loss of Avdiska was, in some ways, it puts the Ukrainians in a better p- defensive position because yep. here's the advantage of actually having reporters on the ground here. There's no substitute for actual on the ground news gathering. I have been to that part of Donbass and what it is, is 
think of Pickett's charge, you know, it's long, sloping, open fields with this very, you know, slow grade uh, rise to a tree line and then a drop off and then a a slow, gradual rise to another tree line. So if you can put in defensive lines uh, along those tree lines and, and command the entire sloping field that approaches you, any armor or infantry that comes through there is going to just be decimated. Um, But they could use artillery to break up those defenses. So, you know, Uh, it's it's right. Yeah, that's the that's that's the purpose. That's that's what they're going to use them for. And then they'll hit some civilian places behind them to try and terrorize the population. And and, you know, and the like. I mean, that's that's the methodology right now. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. And I want to discuss that, um, you know, there continue to be um these like drone attacks inside Russia that are ongoing and these sort of this metallurgical plant and an aircraft factory that was also hit um that you know a lot of the talk or the assumption is that the the drones are coming from you know Ukraine into Russian territory and in some cases that might not be the case these may be drones launched from within Russia by Russians themselves or Ukrainian groups that have are sympathizers that have gotten inside there that are flying them even closer to their target and that's why they're beating the radar um we'll we'll talk about that when we come back and also we'll take your questions uh johnny millions looking at them in the yep. chat room at infotainmentwars.com or twitch.tv slash sparks like subscribe give a thumbs up support the show we'll be back <laughs> welcome back to the house sparks radio program mega worldwide Welcome back. Uh, Philip Bittner joining us from Kiev live. And then, of course, Johnny Million is uh, with us in Chicago. And uh, I'm in Los Angeles. We're spread out all over uh, the, the known universe. And uh, hit that like for us. Subscribe to the show. Patreon.com slash Hal Sparks. Great way to support the show. We're having to we're trying to I'm trying to build out a better travel rig because one week from Monday, the sexy liberal tour will be announcing all our dates for the year. Um the the of the two that ha- you know that we have two that have already been announced but the rest of them are going to be announced on that day uh me uh john fugel saying stephanie miller and frangela out on the road um you know maybe some red states in there even ch- changing hearts and minds if not groins so we'll be out there uh doing the comedy and uh, it's going to be a great time uh those will be announced on the fourth i believe fingers crossed i think that is the date that uh, we've agreed on and uh, that will you know tell you if we're coming to your town so pay attention on that it'll be on steph show on the fourth um that said <clears throat> that's of course if the world isn't completely destroyed and we're not in world war ii by then according to donald trump um and <laughs> uh world world war uh, world war 1.5 beta i think is what uh um, he thinks it actually is. Um, but we um, and uh, well, he, doesn't and I, have, he doesn't have that kind of vocabulary. What are you talking about? I know I try. I try. <laughs> so um, we were talking during the break a little bit about um, both uh, Transnistria and I'm blitzing on the little sliver of land left over um, on the on the coast that Russia has. I want to say Kaliningrad, but it's not that. Uh, uh, Moldova, Moldova, you mean? No, 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 not not uh, in Moldova. It's that little no, well, like no. triangular chunk, little country that uh, Russia still has as a satellite. Um, it's bugging me right now. Never mind. It does. Uh, but um, point being is that there was word this week from the Institute for Study of War that floating around in the intel community in Russia and amongst them was a plan to. Um, 
to basically take over that chunk of Moldova if things start souring in Ukraine as a, I don't know, maybe a, um, a, a you know, the, the sort of rice aroni of this particular war, the, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, prize that you get if you actually lose. But, and then on yeah. top of that, this, uh, this idea that Slovyov and these others are coming out saying that Poland's next. And, uh, he said, we, we wouldn't even hesitate to destroy Poland. Just, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't even, maybe people are getting, too used to this kind of language or whatever, but the, thinking about just like, again, their nation's Sean Hannity coming out and saying, and, and by the way, their, their nation's uh, official Sean Hannity, the, the, you know, that is state media. That is that nothing gets said on there that isn't got, hasn't got the okay from the Kremlin in this regard. And, and that's not even a conspiracy theory. That's how they operate. Saying just dropping that, just we're going to, you know, we wouldn't hesitate to just destroy Poland for the heck of it. Yeah. Um, well, he even, he even went Poland. further than that. He, yeah. yeah, he even went further than that. Somebody else did it. He said, you know, we wouldn't hesitate because unlike our, you know, our, they're not, you know, uh, the little tribe of Russians that is Ukraine, the Poles are completely different than us. So we wouldn't, which is condescending and insulting to Ukrainians as well at the same time. So, right. you know, he's getting double measure in there. But he was, he was, I mean, in thinly veiled language, he was saying, because we don't have this brotherly relationship like we do in Ukraine, we wouldn't have any problem with vaporizing. He literally said vaporizing their cities. Right. I mean, this is just incredibly irresponsible and dangerous talk. So, and there's a lot about Poland, but to, but to step back for a quick minute yeah. and talk about Transnistria. Right. Uh, they only have something like 1,300 soldiers in Transnistria, the Russians do, and there's no way for them to bolster those numbers or to resupply those troops because the, they'd have to, there's no flight path for them to right. get there. So they can't do a Berlin airlift and they can't get to it by the sea because, uh, if they come out of their hiding places in the far east of the Black Sea, where they're bottlenecked in because of all the weaponry that Ukraine can use without a navy, these new, you know, nautical drones or yeah. the anti-missile batteries that they have all along the coastline. If they tried to resupply Transnistria by, by sea, they get slaughtered. So Transnistria to me is a, I don't see how it could be an effective um, way to, to make a push from the West to the East. Right. Look, here's the thing. And this is, was supported by another statement by Dmitry Medvedev, the former prime minister and president is, uh, this week is that he still, he is convinced that the Russians can get, take Odessa. And so this might be kind of like an allusion to a kind of a pincer move that the, the Transnistrian, uh, forces would go East. And Russian forces would come west and they would meet and conquer Odessa. I have been to Odessa three times in the last two years for extended stays, you know, weeks, if not a couple months at a time. And I can tell you this, Odessa is a fortress city. Not only is Odessa an absolute fortress city, but the 
uh, prior to the war, there, there was a question about where their allegiance was. The, 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 the general population there speaks Russian. It was built by Catherine the Great. It always kind of had a little bit of a leaning towards Moscow, but it is fiercely independent and would never bend the knee to either of them, uh, Kiev or Moscow. But I can tell you this, having been there uh, several times uh, in, in, during this full-scale invasion, um, it, it, any goodwill that the Russians had in Odessa has has been right. destroyed along with all the buildings that the Russians have been blowing up. I think it was that there's a church down there, an old 18th century church, uh, the Church of the Resurrection, if I'm, or it might be Nativity. But either way, it's this old, beautiful church. And the, and the Russians, uh, by firing uh, uh, missiles into Odessa, uh, there was an incident where it's, uh, to my knowledge, still yeah. hasn't been verified, but it might have been the missile itself or it might be debris from anti-air. But either way, the Russians are responsible for it. That was the straw. I think yeah. that was the straw. And Odessaites are famously known to be independent, but also stubborn. And yeah. once they make a decision, they don't go back. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great city. And when this war is over, go to Odessa. It's one of the world's, it's an amazing, beautiful city. Um, uh, but they are a stubborn, stubborn people. They are, right. they are fiercely proud of their city and they see it as this little enclave where they're right. special right. and unique. And they hate the Russians now with a passion. They may still yeah, speak Russian, but they hate the Moscovites. And right. they will that's put that up distinction. Are they going to is there going to be at some point a, you know, a, a, a descriptor now for the Moscovites as a country that that's actually who attacked us, that Russians, the greater Bruce Gamir of, uh, of the people who live and identify as Ukrainians and the rest of the uh, the old kingdom of it or whatever are kind of Russian by ethnic origin because of the area. But the Moscovites are this group of like oligarchical criminal kleptocrats that attacked everyone. And also they're the same ones who made the deal with the Mongols when all this crap started back in the day. Um, yeah. 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 But, but, that, but I mean, they would, they, I pity any Russian soldier. Well, I don't pity them because I'm, I'm finding it hard to be sympathetic to, to Russian soldiers. Sure. If, you're, if you're Russian in uniform and carrying a weapon in Ukraine, on Ukrainian territory, I find it very hard to be sympathetic, but uh, I will, I will levy, I will levy this warning <laughs> or, you know, I will make this statement. Any Russian soldier that enters into Odessa, they are, they are marching into a killing field. It will be, it will be, uh, it'll be yeah. devastating. I mean, they, right. and they won't take it. And they, in the end, they will. Well, they don't have the they would have to, to occupy. No. They would have to they enter have to through occupy. the sea, which is the same issue you'd run into with Taiwan. Yep. Um, the, you know, the, and also, that's and also, and also, their amphibious capability has now been, you know, severely diminished again because of these nautical drones and the and the missile systems. So they don't have the right. capacity to take out that's a full stop. So D- Dmitry Medvedev and this talk of a of a of a two prong attack from Transnistria and from Eastern right. uh, holdings that the Russians have uh, taking yeah. on Odessa is a pipe dream. And 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 Dmitry might want to lay off the vodka. Um, he's, he's, he's delusional. Well, uh, on that note, let's take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about, uh, the, 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 it's been a bad week for aircraft in Russia. And also, um, I would like to address to some degree, um, the sort of conversation about like the idea of war profiteering and the conversation on our side about it that has been co-opted 
by the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world that the, that they have they have used the language of military industrial complex to not attack the offenders in these fights, but the defenders in these fights. And that's that shouldn't be lost on anyone. We'll be back right after this. I'm starting to understand why I don't have as much time to talk during my segments because Devin's bumpers are three minutes long. You want a quick promo, Hal? You got a quick promo, Hal. <gasps> Welcome back to the Hell's Voice Radio Program. Mega Watch, Guys, Press Talk, WZB, Woo! Yeah! Um, so, uh, welcome back. We were talking during the break, and it was, as, uh, you know, I have a real problem with uh, the alleged peacenik crowd. Um, uh, it, you know, they, remember when the Russians were road testing the word warmonger earlier last year? It was on everyone's lips. Marjorie Taylor Greene was suddenly calling everyone a warmonger all of a sudden because uh, apparently the military industrial complex is only a thing to some of these folks when it starts uh, aiding the defenders. Um, my issue, I think, and a lot of people's issue, and I, I'd like, you know, state this for the record, is the offensive aspect of a war for war sake military governmental machine that that was spoken of in what you know the the uh, alleged military industrial complex idea is about is the ba- is bad is not good is not something i want as an american citizen is not something i want a part of as a part of my country um on the other hand though the idea that i want uh, that i'm fundamentally naive and don't understand that just because we would stop being offensive means everybody else would too, and that there's a sort of kumbaya uh, envelope that would you know come across the world if the if America would just stop being awful, and that we're the we are the seed of of destruction on the entire planet, which is a a talking point I hear all the time. I've heard it on the far left for a very long time, obviously, but now it is bled over into into the the marginal right. I wouldn't even call them the far right at this point. MAGA is effectively the mainstream of the Republican Party at this point, certainly with the candidate that they are pushing for president. And the idea that, that the military industrial complex is only a problem when people who are innocently attacked are suddenly about to defend themselves. It is, you know, are, are beginning to be able to defend themselves. That's when it becomes bad. And then I go, maybe your complaint wasn't about quote unquote, the military industrial complex or any of that in the first place, maybe you were just always trying to kneecap the country against the dictators that you actually side with. That 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 as a useful idiot or an actual supporter of kleptocracy, dictatorship or authoritarian regimes, that 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 there's a reason why Dennis Kucinich is speaking at CPAC this week and that he ran, you know, Kennedy's uh, campaign for a while until they split ways. And that, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson, who's all of a sudden finding strange bedfellows on, you know, from Russell Brand, Jimmy Dore and that crowd or whatever, that suddenly there's this broad consensus against the military industrial complex that only pops up when the Ukrainians might be able to save their country. Not when Russia starts it. You know, this would this, this would go with my argument about the people who are like ceasefire now that never yelled that on October 7th. The noon on October 7th, they weren't yelling ceasefire now. It was only days later when when a retaliation and, a, and an attack on, you know, Hamas as an entity became a thing that suddenly the ceasefire that was broken by Hamas in the first place must be returned to. But in the middle of it, there's you know, there was no and don't get me started on you know, cease rape now. There was certainly nobody's calling for Hamas to, you know, categorically 
refuse to allow that to be a weapon of war going forward. I'm calling on them to release all the hostages and fight like, you know, a real fighting force on, you know, using the Geneva Convention. No calls for that whatsoever from the same folks. And that's the problem I have with this, this argument about, you know, this while Russia, as we were saying during the break, is effectively at this point a military industrial complex as a country. That's what all it does right now. They are they sell oil below market value before below their break even number because they need to keep the pumps going. They're not making money off of it. So the only thing they're making money off of is this perpetual war machine. Yeah. It's the, what is the symbol of the snake that eats its own tail? Yeah, you know, right. it's it, there, there's a name for that, and I'm gapping on it, but I think folks know what I'm talking about. This this symbol of like, you know, yeah, it, it, eating it, its own tail. It, it, it eats its own tail, feeds itself, but at a certain point, that's not going to be sustainable. Uh, and, no. and Russia might be able to maintain its economy no. through Ouroboros. this military. Ouroboros. Or the yeah. Ouroboros. That, there it is. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. Um, uh, you know, at, at some point, that's not going to be sustainable. Uh, so you no, know, there's that on the other side of the, uh, of the equation. The other thing that I find very frustrating in this conversation, uh, is, is the, as a kind of byproduct of this is that there's this, this argument that I see all over the place, uh, again, against people who just want to see Ukraine lose is, yeah. You know, Ukraine can't win. No matter, you know, it's just impossible. Right. So we That's shouldn't the even try. Using, right. That's the yeah. language that, that they are using. It's an impossible, it's impossible for them to achieve victory. So we shouldn't even try. And then, you know, smart people, uh, who have, you know, who remember their history are juxtaposing that with Charles Lindbergh saying, you know, we shouldn't even try and support these English against the German war machine. It's right. just impossible. At what point in time did we become so feckless? We right. decide we are the, we are the most powerful military by by you know factor of eight huge all the factors, all the militaries in the world combined times eight yeah that's yeah. how big our military we is. decide we yeah. can decide if we yeah. want Ukraine to win this war Ukraine will win this war we right. just need we, to and, get, and we used to be our for, for peace. Right, and we don't have to play it for them. I was just on uh, Sophia Square talking with a bunch of young Ukrainians, and I said, you know, I, I, we were doing a live. Somebody came up to me because they knew I was a, an American journalist, and they wanted my input for a live stream they were doing in English to mostly a Ukrainian audience. And I said, you know, like Ukrainians don't want troops here, and all the Ukrainians were like, right. "That's right, we don't, we don't want Western troops here." We want Western weapons so we can defend yeah. ourselves. Right. You know, the arsenal of democracy is what we used to be. We, you know, th there's all this talk of like, well, you know, Russia is this massive power and it won all these wars. And look, they're the ones that won World War II, which is, of course, not true. Garbage. You know, but and Trump, Trump and with our lendlings. Right. And, and with our yeah. lendlings. Firstly, they were the Soviet Union, which included Ukrainians, included right. Georgians, included, you know, you take your pick. Um, you know, so it wasn't just Russia. Russia has not won a war without being part of an alliance since the 19th century. Secondly, 
They drove to Berlin in Studebakers, the the the, the great the great T thirty four, which the Russians love to rave about, the the best main battle tank of the Second World War, had a Ford engine inside of it. Right. Baloney, baloney. It was yeah. it was U.S. merchant marines bringing materiel to uh, the Soviets that made that push on Berlin possible. That's not happening now. They're not right. part of an alliance unless you include the, you know, North Korea and Iran. And then the Chinese and um, Iran, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's, it, this, this, I, I would like this also, narrative yeah. that's being put out that one, Russia is invincible and can't be stopped. And, and secondly, that because the defeat is inevitable, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we right. decide. If we decide to get behind Ukraine, there's not a there's not a question in my mind that heck even if we don't support them the Ukrainians are going to fight uh, there'll be a partisan war there'll be guerrilla warfare and that's yep. assuming the conventional forces fall apart which they're not gonna because the Europeans right. are stepping up yes. this, this defeatism only because uh, because Trump is in Putin's pocket. That's what it is. It's what it boils right down to. They don't well, want and, Ukraine to and, win because they're pro is, Moscow. Right. As and from from you know uh, from everything I've heard, like Mike Johnson also has these weird ties that you only make it up into the ranks of the of the current Republican Party <coughs> if you have these ties. Now, um, I would like to also remind everyone that the same people are saying we shouldn't support Ukraine because they can't win. Um, especially on the Republican side, are the very same people that are pushing, uh, you know, the anti-abortion bills in the United States that and, and ones that do not have exceptions for rape and incest and who believe and have said the woman should just lay back and take it because it's God's will. And that there is no difference. But in the moral argument, there is no difference to, that, to saying the woman should just lay back and take it to saying Ukraine can't win against Russia, therefore we can't help them. We shouldn't help them. No difference morally. None. And that's the difference, I think, between the idea of the military-industrial complex as a thing that is this perpetual war machine, this ideology of it, which in the case of Russia is actually their present economy. That is the root of their present economy. And it's not me saying that. That's from their own Ministry of Finance. That's their own work. Like, read any... Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, any of the economics papers have all broken down where the Russian economy is right now and what it's based on. It's all based on the military and the and 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 keeping oil at break even, which is it's not at it's at 60. They're selling it at fifty five dollars and their break even or they're no, they're selling at fifty dollars and their break even is fifty five. They're losing money on every barrel of oil um, at this point, but they're doing it to keep the pumps flowing. That the same thing is true of China to some degree. This whole perpetual one day we're going to attack Taiwan and win. And so we have to build up our military for the sake of doing that as a as sort of an internal jingoistic way of protecting Xi Jinping from all the people who are mad that they released dam water during the floods. Um, rather than let it hit Beijing, they just flooded entire villages. Thousands of people were killed last year because they didn't tell them that they were diverting the water that way. It, like it, something that if it happened in any Western country would be the end of whatever administration was running that and the party associated with them forever just happened and just uh, off it goes. There we go. And, and so this idea that there, uh, this differentiation between the sort of middle military industrial complex is the idea of an offensive, a militarily offensive mechanism 
within government funding military expansion for the sake of that thing versus there are real threats out there from real violent actors who are who really want to do us the harm and we have to be realistic about that and for a while now it, it for whatever reason that conversation has just been off the table and during that time Russia has built up all of its military weapons to attack mm-hmm. Ukraine when everybody said nobody they weren't going to has sent military forces into Sudan and other places to just steal gold and slaughter people. The what the Wagner group has been up to in Africa is some of the most horrifying acts of human depravity uh, in the world. And yet, I mean, I, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying. And yet the, the you know, uh, across this bizarre horseshoe theory far left, far right factor, both of these groups of people are going, boo, U.S. military, boo, you know, us helping people protect themselves. You know, even, you know, even the Iron Dome, giving giving Israel wares to have the, uh, the Iron Dome up just to keep missiles from hitting civilian areas, by the way, protect them both from Hezbollah and Hamas during this time is somehow... That's us being offensive in this particular situation. Never mind the fact that we're giving an equal amount of aid to the Palestinians in money, an equal amount. Same amount of money that's going to the Iron Dome is going to Palestinian aid in this situation. In Ukraine, it's it's very strange to me that this that this uh, I would guess the weaponization of the peace movement is that what we're seeing in that regard. Uh, I I've, I've blathered through this, but let, I mean, let's take a break. When we well, come back, I'm we're going to take some questions because well, I want to get them. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go for it. You have yeah. one quick point? No, yeah. no, take a break. Or one quick point. As loathsome as a character as he was, Colonel Jessup had one thing right. We live in a world, unfortunately, that has walls. And there must be men with guns standing the line on those walls. Right. And he right. was right about that. He was a terrible character. But aside from that, you know, he well, was right about that. Uh, thing. That's how that's how that's how you weaponize truth. He weaponized the empathy and reality of the situation to do his awful. And that's what's happening online largely. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Um, uh, but that's, uh, that, that's just an, uh, that's been a, that's been stuck in my craw for quite a while. And it's something we've got to start openly talking about. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. I am happy, you are happy, let us be happy together, whether the weather is cloudy or sunny, I will always be a funny honey bunny, I am lucky, you are lucky, let us get lucky together, whether the weather is cloudy or breezy, I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy, because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do, and isn't it nice that the sky is so blue, and isn't it nice to say I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! Um, so, uh, um, what it, what were you holding up there uh, for those listening that is, at home? That's, that's, a, that's a little Ukrainian, they, they, they oftentimes refer to their soldiers as Ukrainian cats. So this is a little soldier oh. Ukrainian cat. Ah, in his come on, uniform. Yeah, 
Uh, uh, they're lovely people here. They're very kind, empathetic. Uh, they they take you know they love animals. They they're, they're saving dogs. There's a whole movement here about finding pets in occupied territories or territories where war know. And, you know has been affected and bringing them that, back to the. It's a lovely that, that lovely giant people. cat. The Maine Coon that they found, that uh, giant cat that they found in one of the villages early on, I was like, I want to adopt that. Or cat. when the fl- and yeah. when the flood happened in Kherson, they were yes. they were you know, going around in boats picking yeah. up dogs. I mean, this is the look. I, I'm not going to dehumanize the Russians, but it's it, it's a different mentality here, and it's there's a lot more. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to get myself in trouble, but it just—it's—I've lived in both places, and 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 Ukrainians have a different perspective about the value of life than the Russians do. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's just it's the way the culture is for a lot of different right. reasons that, that go into some very dark uh, areas of their history and their culture. But this is one of the things that divides the Ukrainians from the Russians is the, is the fact that they adhere to—they kind of have. European values and when, and, and including the value of life. I mean, life is cheap in Russia. Russians themselves will tell you that. Right. Um, so, it's, you know, so, I, I, yeah, it's another it's, reason they, you know, this yeah. is the right side of the fight. You'll notice that, uh, um, Tucker did not have a big sit down with like groups of random Russians at any time. He walked point. around that, he walked around that supermarket by himself. When he said we, he meant his crew that was with him and the handlers that were helping him mm-hmm. film. There, yeah. and like, at no point, and, and I watched a bunch of his little side videos, you know, they put out about like, oh, isn't it nifty here? Odd lack of Russians in it. Just even the yeah. people that they could feed you, even they could bring up people and go, hey, come here. Uh, you're officially going to tell them how awesome things are. There, there weren't even those people. Yeah. Um, amazing. Let's grab some questions because I've been eating that part of it up. So um, sure, I've got a I've got a couple questions here. One is from CRL thirty two thirty two over on Twitch. Do Ukrainian officials tell Democrats something different about their plans and what they say to Republicans? No, uh, I, I doubt that very much. Um, I I you know I can't categorically say because I'm not inside meetings but I'll tell you what I do think when they tell Americans things uh that they are increasingly since the beginning of the war become much more cagey about being speaking directly and honestly with Americans because they don't know where that information is going to go if they right. and it's primarily uh, almost exclusively on the GOP side, I will admit that. But I think that they are wary of telling Americans anything because there is there is a perception here, and I share the perception and the concern that we're compromised, man. America has been infiltrated. And look, look at Smirnov. Look at uh, I mean, not just yeah. Smirnov. Smirnov's just the latest. You know, right. when are we going to realize? That the, the, when are we going to realize the, the guy who? The, so there was a report this week about a guy who came up to Pompeo at a at the at the Claremont Institute's conservative meeting in I want to say 2019 and gave him a thumb drive of Compromat on Joe Biden, where Joe is you know like Joseph Biden is spelled J O S E F, and it's the same stuff that's on the hard drive, just in a crappier form, essentially. Mm-hmm. That you know they got better at making it look real 
essentially. And they and they and they gave they passed out these hard drives and these thumb drives at like every main FBI office in the country. Some rando walked up and and, and it could have been very well been this Raleigh guy and Smirnoff just flying state to state. You know, hey, how you going? I, I know this about Joe Biden. You need to have this and drop it off. And then he leaves. And and then, yep. so that the Russians so or the Republicans, rather, so that the Republicans lit, could literally say they received um, information about Biden at every FBI office in this country. That's how corrupt he is. It was the same yep. info from the same guys. But right. Uh, just amazing. Yeah. But yeah. we are we are we are clearly. Uh, we are clearly deeply compromised when it comes to um, our the, the way the Russians have infiltrated our not only our body politic but our media and right. our in the Department of Justice and you know th- this is a long time this this has been going on. Smirnov is just the latest. If you count them all up, all these incidences, you know the the, the GOP goes crazy about like why is it always Russia, Russia, Russia? Well, it's because Russia thinks that they're at war with us and they're yeah. and they're and they're, they're acting, acting like accordingly. It. Yeah. You know, um, so uh, again, to get back to the question, um, I think Ukrainians are being very cautious about what they tell any American um, that comes over because they right. don't know who's going to be a direct funnel back to, to the Kremlin. Yeah. Um, so uh, you got, let's grab another one, Johnny. Robert. Yeah, I've just got one more for now. Uh, Edge 3D Tech. Can you ask Philip how we can lobby House members to get Ukrainian aid moving? Uh, call your uh, elected official, especially if you're in a blue, uh, if you're in a red state. Uh, uh, you know, the, these are these numbers are easy to find. Heck, even if you are in a blue state, call your representatives. You know, and yes. just and express to them uh, they listen when you call or when you email because you know they they figure that the percentage of people who care or pay attention is relatively small, and then the percentage of people who care and pay attention who actually. Uh, are proactive about it is even is even more minimal so they so they multiply each and every one uh and and and, you know extrapolate from there um hey you know there's also i i don't know how effective this would be but i'm 100 percent for it call speaker johnson's office and leave a message saying hey man you know, get that thing on the floor. Um, it, it I, can't think, uh, I, I think I'm going to do that it, during the morning show every day this week. I think Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week, I, um, I'm i going to put a call in to the speaker's office on the yeah. air. I think that'll be it. That should be a regular be feature. Do it. Do it. Yeah. And if you're anywhere, look, today, uh, you know, I mean, if, if, if you've got the wherewithal and it's not too late in the day, there are protests or not protests, but there are there are um, meetings and assemblies happening all around the world. The, London, there was a massive turnout all around Europe. There's been massive turnouts there. I know that there is a group in Washington uh, that is that is meeting today, a large group meeting uh, all throughout the day. Uh, if you're anywhere near the Beltway and you don't got anything to do today, get get the car, uh, you know, drive on over. Uh, show your support vocally and publicly. Um, yeah. We need to let our elected officials know that the American people stand with the Ukrainian people. At least I hope they do, um, because these are lovely people, and they they we promised 
We promise. And this will have such massive effect on, on not only our allies, but also our enemies. Are we a fair-weather friend? Are we a reliable ally? What are we? We told the Ukrainians we would support them as long as it took, which I never yeah. liked to begin with. But we openly said that. And we've yep. said other things as well. We promised in 94 we would respect their borders if they gave up their nukes. We promised these people. And, and right. the world is watching. And if we, if we just give up our support for Ukraine and, and they are, you know, and they go through a longer period of a war of independence, because um, I don't think they'll ever be defeated because they're never going to stop fighting. No. It's existential for them. It's, it's life yep. or death. Um, uh, show your, show your publicly show your support for the Ukrainian people and hopefully our elected officials will take notice. Mm-hmm. And also, and, uh, hey, also, also call your, call, call, you know, call in or, or message uh, various media organizations and, and pressure. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Smirnoff, uh, Smirnoff, you sorry, was on A16 of the New York Times is, right. is, is pitiful. irresponsible, yeah. pitiful, yeah. is negligent. Um, you know, whatever editor decided to put it on that, that far deep into the news uh, part of the paper, um, should, should, you know, whoever is the supervisor, at least give them a good talking to, if not chuck them out the door, because that was disgusting. Well, same editor that ha- it took them, uh, what, two and a half months to talk about the sexual violence on October 7th. It's the same, yeah. you know, uh, uh, again, yeah. they, you, I, I, have I, a problem. I, our media, you, our media landscape has a real big problem. And I think partly we need, you know, you may be right that that would have more of an impact in some cases than even, you know, you know, a letter to the editor, a letter to the editor's situation might have more of an impact than actually contacting Johnson's office. Although I think you should do both. I think some like reaching out to these media organizations going, what the hell's wrong with you may actually drive them to it. Look at how they used to um, respond Mm -hmm. to to tweets back in the day. They used to, you know, uh, CNN used to air people's tweets. Um, you know, would go, well, this is what viewer blah, blah, blah said, even if they were fake. It was just weird. They would just post them up and they they respond to those things almost, um, you know, uh, knee jerk. Um, we're at the end of the show. I want to thank everybody. I want to remind everybody, go to Philip Bittner's uh, YouTube channel before we run out premier of time. Coming up after the right show, after this, coming right up. after this. Yep. It's a big premiere, big announcement. Go take a look. That's right. Go uh, his YouTube channel, uh, Philip Bittner, one L, two T's. Johnny Million's got a show a couple times a week too. Uh, it, it's Johnny Million on Twitch it's. and YouTube. It's it's, and uh, I'm gonna go not talk for a while because my throat's worn out. Um, uh, you guys, thanks so much, chat room. Yeah, cheers. See ya. Bye, Bye everybody. Guys. Thanks everyone. Bye.